Welcome to today's episode on The Layover. Today is a very special show for me because I have one of my good friends, Ms. Darylyn Swift, coming on. Darylyn is an African-American female born and raised in the States, Kansas City to be exact, living in Atlanta as well as California. But she took the plunge and moved over to Europe about four years ago, Paris in particular. So she's going to come on to the show and talk to us about all things Paris, her dating life in Paris, the financial scene, as well as the social scene and the climate and everything. So welcome to The Layover, Ms. Darylyn Swift. Hey, Darylyn, how are you? I'm good, Craig. How are you doing? I am doing well, doing well, all things considered. I am great. I am (laughs) great, great. Yeah. So I'm glad you, uh, you know, had some time in your busy day. I know life of a uh, of a consultant, um, just entrepreneur, just woman in general. I know it's just like so much going on for you right now, you know. So I'm glad you took time out your busy schedule to jump on and talk to. Me. Oh, I'm glad you asked me. And yes, things are just really busy right now, especially with you know COVID nineteen and. Uh, my clients uh-huh. trying to help them manage through that, you know, because there's a lot of heightened emotions around that and people have to manage that with their with their staff. So, yeah, it's been pretty busy. Yep. Yep. I can I can imagine. I can imagine. But I definitely want to bring you on because, like I said, I, I just got to hear all about, you know, some perspectives from you from, you know, African-American female living in Paris and all of that. I think that's one of the things that's going to make this show. Yeah, so, 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 yeah, yeah. We'll get right off into it. All right. OK, so, so. that's good. Just do me a favor and drop all of your social media info for me. That way, if people need to get in touch with you, you know, they'll know how to. Okay. Um, my main social media, I have three LinkedIn, of course, and it's Daryl Lynn, D A R R Y L Y N Swift hyphen snapshot training. And that's my um, LinkedIn. My Instagram is snapshot. Uh, underscore TA. And then my Facebook is Daryl and Swift and the Snapshot team. Daryl and Swift, Snapshot. Gotcha. Okay. Yes. All right. Cool. All right. All right. So look, we're going to get right off into it because I know you're busy and I just really, really got a ton of questions that I want to ask you <laughs> all about, like, you know, some of your travels and currently where you live and all of that good stuff like that. But if you don't mind, so like, Daryl, where are you originally from? Actually, originally from Kansas City, Missouri. I usually tell people really now. From, okay. Yes, I tell people I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. I tell people I'm from Oakland, <laughs> California. But truth be told, I'm from Kansas City, Missouri, born and raised. Right, right. Everybody wants to be from the A. I get it. I, I get it. But Kansas, yeah. So what? What? Wait. Kansas City. That's barbecue. That's the cheese. Absolutely. Uh, Gates barbecue right, right. for sure. Right, right. I hear all about that barbecue in Kansas City. Yeah, okay, Mm -hmm. all right. So you said from Kansas City, but you lived in A. You also mentioned California. So obviously you do some traveling. And I know that's just domestic, but I know you do a lot of traveling abroad too. So talk to me about how did you get into traveling? Well, I got into traveling as a, a young kid. I was raised into a traveling family. So growing up, we had an RV and my parents had us on the road at least once a month. And by the time I was, I guess, about 14, I had already traveled to 48 states with my parents. Um, because wow. that's yes, that's Yes. That's something that my mother was very, um, she wanted us to experience 
the world, but she was, you know, just on the domestic side. And literally, mm -hmm. if we watched TV, she wanted us to have been to the places we would see on the TV screen. So we now that's hot. I yeah, like that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So we've been to all 48 states with my parents. So with my daughter growing up, I did the same thing. Whatever she studied in school, I'd take her there. If she was studying about the legislature, okay, Friday, let me pick you up from school and off we go driving up to DC. Um, and, Cause I wanted her to do the same. So that became the norm for us. And when she graduated from college, my gift to her was a trip to Europe. And that's when the international traveling began. Nice, nice. And you know, it's funny you say that because, you know, like with the whole, you see it on TV, let's go see it. That's mm -hmm. one of the reasons why, like, like it's a plethora of reasons why I like traveling. But one of the reasons why I like to travel is because, like you said, you know, you watch movies mm -hmm. and you see things. And then to actually go to those places and be like, oh, this is where Tom Cruise was. Exactly. Oh, hey, this is where so-and-so was, exactly. you know, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's awesome. You know, like, like that's one of the things that made me fall in love with Paris because one of my favorite movies is the Bourne identity. Oh yeah. You know, in that yeah. whole Bourne theory. Uh -huh. Yeah. With Matt Damon. And remember the first movie, they shot a lot of those scenes in Paris, you okay. know, Pont Neuf, you know, all uh -huh. of that good stuff. So like now, that. Now yeah. I have to go look again. Um, and another thing I, I love that I raised my kids traveling because now my daughter, she's raising, she and her husband, they're raising my grandson to travel. He's 15 years old and believe it or not, he's tired of going to Paris cuz he's been there about 15, <laughs> he's been there about 15 times and I told him you're the only 15-year-old that would say you're tired of going to Paris. But what was right, right. to me when he was um I think it was about 9 or 10, I asked him one day. I said like what's what's your favorite place in the world? And he thought for a minute and he said, mm, "I think Istanbul." And then he was able to articulate exactly why he liked that versus other places or on his right. um, his uh, uh, what do you call it? Spring break. They'll ask him, where do you want to go? So a couple of years ago, he wanted to go to Rome to see the Colosseum. So that's where we went for spring break. So I love that it has just trickled down over the generations. Nice. And I love that, too, man. I think that's you, you catch them when they're early. You put that travel bug in them when they're young and then they'll just be forever gone. Right. You know what I'm exactly. saying? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I love that. And then, like I said, with them having been to Paris 15 times, I mean, I I don't want to say I feel them because I don't get tired of Paris. I've been there like six times and I don't mean like six times on connections. I mean, right. like six times on the ground and time and all of that stuff like that. And I love Paris. I mean, it's easy to get around and navigate. And, you know, and that's one of the reasons why I brought you on here because you know, of Paris and all of that. So, you know, and since we're talking about Paris, you know, I just got to ask you, what made you want to move to Paris and how long have you been there? Um, so I've been there four years. I moved there four years ago. And, you know, okay. pe people ask me that question and sometimes I don't have a, a, a good answer for them because I'm just very adventurous. Um, I think there's a little bit of wanderlust in all of us and we all want to see a different part of the world and we want to get lost in an undiscovered or new culture. And since I've been traveling internationally for about 20 years and I've been to um, so many places, but I fell in love with Europe in general, not Paris specifically, right. but Europe. And I actually thought right. I moved to London because it would be easy. Uh, you know, with the with the language, but I fell in love with Paris, the food, the culture, the architecture, the ease of life, um, the antiquated way of living that 
kind of takes me back to times when relationships and socializing were more important than the hustle. And, you know, I, I talk to people and they say, well, I don't like Paris because Paris is not as clean as I expect it to be, or the food is bland and it doesn't have enough spice or the, the people are, are rude. But when you look at the romance of the city, the museums, the parks, you know, the flaky croissants or the corner cafes, mm-hmm. like, you know, when you visited and we were, you know, just sitting out at the cafe, just, you know, oh, talking that. it up and yeah. people are walking by and coming in. You know, that is the everyday, all day type of interaction. And I love that. And I got swept up and uh, in that. And I just appreciate the overall culture. And I fell in love. So four years ago, I sold everything. My clothes, my car, my house, wow. my furniture, everything. And I left Oakland, California, and I moved on to my new adventure, which is Paris. Okay. Mm-hmm. And new adventure was Paris. Mm-hmm. I, I love it. I love it. And, and you're right. Like like you said, when we were over there and we were sitting down and um, <clears throat> we were just having a grand old time yeah. just sitting at dinner. And I love that, that people can just do that inside, outside. Uh-huh. And then the one thing I love about Paris is how it's broken up into the R&D. Uh-huh. So, and I love it because everyone has its different flavor. So you can be like in the eighth. Yes. Right, exactly. You can be in the eighth and it has like this particular flavor or this culture. And then you can leave the eighth and go over to the 11th mm-hmm. and then it's different. Right. And although it's still Paris, it's just like a whole different flavor altogether. So that's one of the things that I love about Paris. And then I like that, like like you said, I, I love Europe mm-hmm. because my destination, my final destination is most likely going to be Barcelona, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I absolutely love Spain. And then, you know, the whole lure of Europe and mm-hmm. being able to catch the train everywhere, or cheap Two and flights and, hours, three hours. and travel. Yeah, you're there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I love it. I, I love Europe for that reason. So I can definitely understand what you mean about Paris and all of that. Or, you know, having been in France and then loving Paris and right. all of that stuff like that. So I get it. Right. So so you say you've been there four mm-hmm. years, right? So let me ask you this question. So, you know, as an African-American woman, you know, born and raised in America, you know, so American black woman living in Paris, you know, can you tell us about some of the times or can you tell us if you've ever experienced any type of racism? I personally have not really experienced racism. Um, And I do see Blacks everywhere and everyone has different experiences when I talk to them. Um, I do hear about it often enough to know that it's there, it it does exist, but I think it also might be based on a class system. Um, Right. I think it's based on a combination of race, but also with class. So I feel that racism is there, but it's much more subtle. And because the government doesn't really track any racial demographics, it's hard to quantify that. But I do see, you know, I see two sides of it. I see where France loves their Black entertainers, the musician, the artist. You go to any cafe in France, they're playing hip hop music across the, you know, across their. uh, Oh, indeed. Indeed, or, or jazz, jazz and all of that exactly. stuff like that. Yeah, we're talking about that deep rooted jazz, like that that black yeah, jazz, exactly. you know, that stuff that's us, you know. It, so, yeah, so they yeah. Lo- they love the black culture, even if they don't verbalize it. It's also gotcha. interesting to me that you know when you're French, you're just French. You're not African French like here in the U.S. You're African American. You're not <laughs> right. Chinese right. French or Japanese French. You're just French. 
And I, you know, I think they do that to try to not have the separation. Um, so France doesn't right. verbalize that type of separation the way Americans do. But I also hear some of my uh, African friends specifically speak about the discrimination they face when they utilize like uh -huh. social services of the government. And I think there is a difference between the African experience and the African-American experience. I think we're looked at differently oh, yeah. for sure. So, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. That happens in other countries too, because there have been times where like I have buddies in my, like I've been to Dubai and I got a buddy of mine. He used to live in Abu Dhabi mm -hmm. and he used to say how like a lot of times he would go places and, and like, let's say if he's in the line in the store or something mm -hmm. like that, you know, with some of the Emirati women, they would come in and they would just jump in front of, him, you know, but then the minute he's like opening his mouth, like, excuse me. And then they realize, Oh, wait a minute, he's a Western black. Then they would kind of bow down and get out the way, you know, cause they, they thought maybe he was African. So yeah. So I get what you're saying about how, the African, you know, black people versus the westernized black people may be treated yes. a lot different or yes. a little different yes. or whatever. That may be. Yeah, I get yeah. that. So, you know, we talked about like like classism and all that. And that's something else I wanted to touch on, because I know like when we were there and, you know, we were sitting down, we were having dinner with you, my aunt and I, you know, we were talking about a lot of stuff. That, that I kind of want to delve into. And, uh, you know, I, and I know I'm going to have to put you on another show so we can talk a lot about it, some okay. of that stuff. But one of the things I wanted to kind of talk to you about was, uh, so you can share with our listeners, like what are some of the differences like like with housing and finances over in France, you know, versus like the States? Oh, well, it's very different. Um, finances, okay, let me break it down. In the U.S., okay. we live off of credit quite a bit. In mm -hmm. France, you either have the money to buy or you don't. So they have debit cards, but the use of credit cards is it's it's not it's almost non-existent um, because you use the money. So you're saying it's like not a lot of people walking no, around with Visa and Mastercard no, over there, man. Carry really credit okay. card debt like we do in the states. You use your debit card either you have the money to buy it or you don't. Um, they will extend credit. Okay to you for three months on almost any large purchase when I first moved over there and I had to buy furniture uh, for my place because my place came furnished and I'll talk about the how to you know the mortgage system in a minute uh, but my place came furnished okay. but I didn't like it so I got rid of it and I had to you know <laughs> I gotta do my own little flair so I remember right 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 that's that's that American I, I, in you right I there you know what I mean? that. Um, so I remember going right. to buy my sofa and the guy said, do you, you know, do you want to uh, break this up in payments? And I said, uh, can I? He said, sure, I'll give you three payments. And I said, okay, that's fine. Uh, and then I changed my mind. I said, no, because I want to take it with me. I want it delivered this week. And he said, oh, it can still be delivered. Now, there was no credit application or anything. It was, that's kind of the way they do business, kind of more of an honor system than right. it than you would ever have in the, in the U.S. Now, trust me when I say, if you abuse that, there's some kind of list that you're going on so that everybody's not, you know, so you're not just right, right, right. everyone. Yeah. 
but they're just much more open to giving that type of um, of an honor system to people. Because I've had several places that I've gone to. Three months is typical. Do you want to put this on? On you know, your that's the kind of credit that they have that they allow to, or the finances right. that they allow. Now, when it came to time for me to buy my place, there's no. So I have a social security number there, but my social okay. social security number has nothing to do with my credit. That's my health care number. That's my health record number. So, right. yeah, it's very different. Um, there's no social security number for credit. My credit with my bank was based on my relationship. There was no walk. And, you, and you're talking the bank over there in, in France, right? Yes, the bank in France. Right, right. There was no okay. walking in there and saying, I'd like to fill out a mortgage uh, application. What's your underwriting requirements? Uh, is there an automated underwriting system? That's not how it right. was four years ago. None of that. No, it was not. If they've, if they've adopted that, it's been since the last four years with my bank because it was right. based on the relationship. My banker said, I want you to, I need to see how you have money and you're spending money over the next six months. Um, and then we can talk about you getting a mortgage. And that's, okay. Okay. that's kind of what he did. So I, I asked him, well, what would happen if you just didn't like me? He kind of chuckled and basically said, you'd have to find another banker. So it's really, they, yeah. wow. things are based. So it's all relationship based. basically. Yes. Which so I so let me ask appreciate. you this. So so mm-hmm. for that six months, were you staying like in a rental for six months? No. So I ended up with a sweet situation because I went through a, a, a um, real estate agency and they contacted the owner and, you know, told her what was going on. The owner happens to be American, who um, American woman who lives in Florida, and she just hadn't been to Paris and rich woman. She just hadn't been to Paris in about 10 years. And the place had been kind of abandoned. So, yes. So we came up with an agreement where I would rent it from her uh, for the period of time that I was working with my banker. Okay. But she was in Florida while you were there renting it from her, right? She, she lives in Florida. She lives in Florida. Okay. It was their little Peter Ted to get away to, for her and her husband and 10 years ago, yeah. her husband got sick and they haven't been able to travel since. And she finally decided, let me just get rid of this place. And I'm the one who happened to be fortunate enough to find it. Gotcha. Gotcha. OK. Yeah. And the reason I asked that question is because I know you mentioned that, you know, your your banker was like, well, hey, let me just see what your spending habits are for <laughs> six months. So I'm assuming like if you were renting somewhere, couldn't you just use your rental history? Or, or just like say, okay, well, I'm paying my rent for the next six months to this particular person. You can use these receipts as a to show like my history. Or do you have to like they want to show like purchases that you're making? Like you know, I'm going to buy a shirt, or I bought some tires from a car, or stuff like that. No, I did show you know how much I was paying to her, and it what my the mortgage was three hundred euros more. So they knew that I could that I could pay it. But I think they just want to gotcha. say that you're fiscally responsible um and and that's it um that you have money that's going into savings as well as um coming into your checking account that you also have money that you you save and that you just have a sound financial uh practices 
Right, right. That makes mm-hmm. sense. So, so are like jobs and stuff like that over there comparable? For example, like a like a project manager over in France would would they make the same that a project manager would make over in the states or you know? Now that I don't know because I don't work over there. So the this is the beauty. Okay, okay. This is the beauty of the world we live in now. Is I have been working from home for twenty years. I've been working from home for two years. Nice. And then when I retired from Deloitte, because I retired from Deloitte in 2010 as a senior manager, because I didn't want to be a partner. And um, I started my own consulting and I quickly built the practice so that unless I need to come in, most of what we do is through, it used to be Skype, now it's Zoom. So when and but that's that is really interesting, though, because I live in France, but I work on Atlanta time. So I, right. I don't go to- which means you're usually up all night over exactly. there. And, and most of my clients right. are in California. So my clients might call me at, you know, five o'clock their time. And I'm answering the phone like, hello, because I'm right, I'm right, asleep. right. Yes. So right. You, know, you got vampire hours, right? <laughs> I do. I do. I do. But I've got right, right. I've gotten used to it. I got you. So let me ask you this. So you say you've been over there four years. It sounds like you're really entrenched and all okay. of that stuff like that. So I just gotta ask this question. Okay. How's the dating been, you know, like living in Paris versus the States? Yeah, I gotta get that in. <laughs> well, what is that, first of all? <laughs> okay. Okay, so you know, like, like just simple, like you know how in the states, you know, and I, I spent time in Paris, so I know a little bit, but not not as much as you. But you know, how in the states, like you can get off work, you can go to happy hour, you can get you a couple of drinks, and then while you're out, some gentleman may come up and hey, let me buy you a drink for you. You, mm-hmm. you know, you guys sitting talking, chopping it up, and all that good stuff like that. Exchange numbers, and then you know, start the process of dating. So how is it like over in France? Because I know, um, like I said, it's Paris, you know, and I know, like you said earlier. You know that um, you know. Hey, they love our culture and all of that stuff like that. They may not blatantly say it, but I know that they do. So, how has it been for you since you've been over there for four years? Like, have you found love in Paris or what? <laughs> no, I have not found love in Paris. However, I I will at, at some point because you know it is the city of lights, the city of love, and people. I think people like relationships. Uh, I see a lot of people in relationships. Uh, it's not that I have not been approached. I've been approached a, a few times. Um, I had one young man chase me. I bet you have. <laughs> <laughs> I had one, believe it or not, I had one young man chase me down like two blocks. And he, I, he's running behind me, madame, madame. And finally I stopped and he's out of breath asking me out for a date. Um, yeah, they will... Well, that was nice. Yeah, no. It, yeah, no. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, they will definitely approach you. Uh, what I like right. about relationships that I see in, in France in general is it's not as um, bound by any type of uh, race or age or people just like who they like. So you might see an older gentleman with a young woman and then they have a young child and it's not looked at, you know, any differently. Right. It's not frowned upon like it is over here. 
Oh, right. They're not judged and all an that. older woman with a younger guy. Maybe I'll fall in that category. We'll see. You might find an older woman with a younger guy and nobody's paying attention. Or you, you know, I also like that um, when I see white men with African women, they're African women with the African features. And they love that about, you know, they love the beauty of the dark skin and the bold features of African women. So I think I think right, that people right. are just open there. So, I, you know, I'll find love at some point. I have yeah. to pay attention. Yeah. Uh, but what I do know and what I have paid attention to is I find men to be a little more of uh, a gentleman in Paris. Over yes, there. More so than I do when I'm okay. in the U.S. So, for instance, one day I was at a restaurant and as I stood up to put my coat on, there were three gentlemen having a conversation out off in the corner. And without missing a beat, one gentleman stood up, helped me put my coat on. And then he went back and sat down to finish his conversation with his uh, gentleman friend. Right, right. And it was there was flirting right. involved. He was just simply being a gentleman. And I like I, I right. find that more there, more obvious there than I do here. And I right. like that. Like he wasn't trying Not to push up. Like he wasn't like, hey, putting the coat on and then like, uh, I need your no, number right I after this, I'm you know. Giving it to him, but no, that's not what it was about. That's <laughs> not what it was about at all. It was just him being a gentleman. Right. So I do like that. And of course, he was a, a little bit older. And I don't know if the younger men are being raised that way in France. Um, but I appreciate that. Right, right. I, I mean, who wouldn't appreciate that? I mean, I, I, I totally understand exactly what you're saying, because it was just a nice exactly. gesture, you know, so exactly. I get it. You know, mm -hmm. I get it. Well, look, you know, <clears throat> you know, I'm gonna let you get out of here, you know, because I know you got a lot going on. I know I said it at the top that you are like superwoman <laughs> and you got you live in bi-coastal and you got a lot going on. But before I go, let you go, I just got one yeah. question for you that yeah. I got to ask you, right? So one last question. So you've been in Paris four years. You've been around the states, like from the Midwest to the Southeast to the West Coast mm -hmm. and all of that. Is Paris it for you or do you ever see yourself coming back? Coming back. Uh, so, you know, I have a home in Atlanta and I will maintain right. my home in Atlanta. However, Paris um, is not my final destination. It might be I might keep my place. In, I, mean, I might keep my place in Paris. I, at some point in time, plan to live in Africa. I haven't quite determined hmm. where in Africa, I but I will definitely live in Africa. When I moved to Paris, I said, I'm going to move there at least a year. And if I don't like it, I'll, I'll leave. And I don't look at moving yeah. somewhere. I don't like it. And I leave. That's not failure. That's adventure. So I will try. I'll yes, try it is. It absolutely is. And it will be somewhere in Africa. I just don't know where yet. Man, I love that. I absolutely love that, Daryl. And I mean, and I love that you took time out your busy schedule to talk to me. Like I said, I've been chasing you. I've been chasing you because I wanted to get you on here so I can talk about Paris. And I got a ton of listeners that are going to love hearing all this stuff that you got to say. Well, so we I, I really appreciate we you connected. jumping on. I do. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. We did. We did. So so check it out. Before I let you get out of here, though, you know, I know you gave me all of your social media stuff up front, but I need you to give it to me again, you know, because we have sometimes we have a few latecomers on the layover, you okay. know. So, you know, I want you to go ahead and just drop that out again okay, for everybody. So my LinkedIn is Daryl Lynn, D-A-R-R-Y-L-Y-N Swift hyphen snapshot training. 
my Instagram is snapshot um, underscore TA. And my Facebook is Daryl and Swift and the Snapshot team. I love it. I love it. I appreciate that, Daryl. And I'll make sure I put it out for the listeners again so they can make sure they, you know, can reach out to you if they have any questions, because I'm pretty sure they'll have a ton of questions for you. Because I got a lot of people that hit me up all the time, you know, asking about what is it like to live abroad and all of that stuff like that. And that's, again, that's why I had to get you on yeah, here. So I really appreciate me, you taking time out to get and on And then, you know, then we'll go. Um, sure. And I'm glad you, you reached out to me. But let me just say this. You know, people dream about living abroad. They talk about living abroad. And I say, do it. Like, there's no reason for people in general to be afraid of living a dream. And it's better to try it for a year and decide you don't like it than to never try at all. So, you know, the saying, nothing beats a failure, uh, but a try. So think about living abroad. Find out, do the research, find out the best place to try. And it could be, you know, some place that you speak English. People speak English, so it'll be easy for you. Whatever it is that you need to make yourself feel comfortable, give it a try. Yep, you are are preaching. Don't nothing fail but a try. I got you. I mean, you are absolutely right. So, Daryl, I appreciate you coming on to the layover, you know, and like I said, I definitely got to get you on here again so we can talk a little more in depth about that whole yes. financial situation yes. and banking situation and all that good stuff like that. And then you and I got some property talks we that do, we need we to do. have anyway, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I like all right, Daryl, you have a good evening. I, I appreciate you coming on to the layover, okay? Bye. Okay, bye-bye. I want to thank Daryl for coming on and talking to us all about her Parisian life. I love it how she just broke it down, everything, talking about her dating life, talking about what it takes to purchase property, as well as finances, you know, old school relationships with bankers and things like that. I thought that was great. If you like what you've heard, please check out more episodes on my website at www.thetraveljunkie.com. And there you'll have more access to content, blogs, video clips, and some planned group trips that I have in the future. And also, don't forget to subscribe to The Layover Podcast so you never miss an episode. Just so you know, The Layover is produced by me, The Travel Junkie, and you know my mission here to connect travelers from all over the globe, whether you're a seasoned traveler, solo traveler, or a person living abroad, or a novice looking for insight and information. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time on The Layover.